live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon. How are you? Hope you had a fabulous weekend. The weather is just gorgeous. It's a Chamber of Commerce Monday, February 6th, the year 2023. Hope everybody's doing terrific. We're here for the next two hours. It is Super Bowl week. We will have a battle of unbeatens in women's hoops and um, the trade deadline for the NBA is approaching rapidly and already one seismic move that still befuddles me. We'll talk about all these things and much, much more throughout the course of the next two hours. Yes, indeed. My main man, James Mesh, sitting in that illustrious producer's chair he's spinning the tunes pushing all the buttons he's in the game studios which are on the campus of delta media which houses klwb which is 1037 lafayette we're also on 1041 in lake charles streaming around the world 1037thegame.com 1041thegame.com and if you're in the acadiana area and you have a television set nearby, you can pop that bad boy on because we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Another hard-fought 72-66 road win. The LSU women's basketball team beat Texas A&M and now one of only two remaining unbeaten teams in the country. The other one, that would be LSU's next opponent, the reigning national champion, South Carolina Gamecocks. It is on Super Bowl Sunday. Yes, indeed. In disposing of Texas A&M, it took another tremendous performance by Angel Reese, who had 26 points and 22 rebounds for her 23rd consecutive double-double, while point guard Alexis Morris accounted for 22 points on 11, uh, 8 of 11 shooting in her return to Reed Arena. She's a Texas native. She played her junior season at Texas A&M before transferring to LSU last season. Head coach Kim Mulkey will join us at 3.05 this afternoon, so be sure to stick around, and we'll talk some hoops with the lady that's got this team undefeated. Still, believe it or not, they're not ranked number two in the country. Uh, South, South Carolina's number one. Indiana, with one loss, is number two. LSU coming in at number three. So maybe a little bit more of a chip on the shoulder for LSU as they get ready to take on the powerhouse that is South Carolina and Dawn Staley. So that ought to be a lot of fun um the nba trade deadline is is rapidly approaching as the deadline is february the 9th three days from now 
2 o'clock Central Time. The Brooklyn Nets and the Dallas Mavericks pulled the trigger. Kyrie Irving said, I'm not signing that extension, so trade me. And they did. And the Dallas Mavericks took that uh, extremely talented but volatile head case to team up with Luka Doncic. They have really nothing to lose. Yeah, they gave away assets. But a first-round pick in 2029, I mean, that's six years from now? I mean, how much can change in, in that amount of time? So anyway, they have nothing to lose, everything to gain. They're going to gamble on Kyrie Irving teaming up with Luka Doncic and trying Try to make a run in the NBA's Western Conference. So uh, stay tuned for that and stay tuned for possibly other deals as the Pels, uh, their last loss was February 2nd in Dallas to the Mavericks, 111-106. They backed that up with a big win over the Lakers, 131-126 on Saturday as LeBron and company came into town, and uh, LeBron had 27 points. Former Pelican Anthony Davis had 34 and 14, but the mighty Pelicans had got it going. And Brandon Ingram looked like the all-star that he is, had 35. Trey Murphy on a roll had 21. C.J. McCollum with 23. Jonas Valanciunas with 18. Jose Alvarado with 18. So you play that on a Saturday, you come right back on a back-to-backer against the third seed in the Western Conference, and the Pels play one of their best games yet without Ingram, without Zion without Jonas and they beat the Kings like a drum 136 to 104 Trey Murphy with 30 as he continues to evolve and improve CJ McCullum with 24 Willie Hernan Gomez 22 and 16 everybody got in the act and the Pels responded in grand fashion right now the number nine seed at 28 up, 27 down, nine and a half games out of first, but only one game out of fifth, one and a half games out of fourth. So right there in the realm of things, Phoenix is in the fifth spot. Um, the Pels are tied with Golden State. Steph Curry is going to be out for a while, at least till the All-Star game, if not a little bit past that. So, uh, a chance to get some things done. Um, Ingram's not going to play on back-to-backs. So we'll talk with Ali Cassell here in just a few minutes on all things in the NBA. The Saints have filled some vacancies in their coaching staff after former co-defensive coordinators Ryan Nielsen and Chris Richards vacated uh, the defensive coordinator, defensive line coach, and secondary coach positions. Um, Nielsen hired by the Atlanta Falcons as their defensive coordinator. Richard and the Saints parted ways over what I'm told are philosophical differences. Yeah, okay. Um, Per sources, the Saints have hired former Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator Joe Woods to serve the same role on Allen's staff. Woods and Allen worked together in Oakland during Allen's first head coaching stint. Woods' defense in Cleveland finished number five in both passing yards and touchdowns surrendered, but 
25th in rushing yards allowed and 29th in rushing touchdowns given up to opposing teams. Each set of those rankings finished below the Saints' defensive rankings in 2022, but we shall see. Dennis Allen will remain the play caller for the Saints' defense. It's unknown yet exactly what role um, Woods will be other than the right-hand man to Dennis Allen. So along with that, um, Woods will have some involvement in the Saints secondary as assistant secondary coach Corey Robinson reportedly let his contract expire and will likely have a new home in 2023. The moves didn't stop there. The Saints also brought in former Florida Gators defensive coordinator Todd Grantham as a defensive assistant. Assistant, uh, Not yet announced what his official position will be, but it certainly seems like defensive line coach will make an awful lot of sense for him so with woods as a defensive coordinator also likely working closely with the secondary grantham with an extensive background with the defensive line the saint staff is taking shape for 2023 meanwhile sean payton as we believed he would is starting to pilfer some saints coaches the first according to the nfl network Saints right, uh, Chris, Zach Streif, excuse me, um, is going to become the offensive line coach for Sean Payton, who was officially announced and introduced in Denver. Streif, a seventh-round pick in 2006 out of Northwestern, played with the Saints until his retirement in 2018. Um, he served as a radio broadcaster before moving into a role as an assistant offensive line coach for the team for the past two seasons. He is one of Sean Payton's favorites. And now Zach Streif has landed in Denver. So there you go. Um, and we'll deal with this later on in the week. Um, there's a, there's a lot going on at LSU with, LSU potentially altering the name of its basketball court, Dale Brown Court, to include former women's basketball coach Sue Gunter. Uh, apparently, there will be a vote coming up on February the 10th um, among the LSU Board of Supervisors to alter the name of the court to include Gunter's name. Apparently, LSU President William Tate and Governor John Bell Edwards have been pushing to change the name of the court. I don't have enough time just yet to put my thoughts into words, but I promise you this week before the 10th, I shall. And uh, let's just say I am totally against this proposal. And I'll explain my reasons for you later on. Those are your headlines of the day. Our guest list, Ali Cassell from At The Bird Rights coming up. We'll talk all things NBA. Glenn West will talk LSU, LSU baseball right around the corner. Kim Mulka, the head coach of the undefeated number three ranked LSU women's basketball team will join us at 3.05. Blake Rafino at 3.30 from the RU Serious podcast. So a lot of fun things are in store for us today and we certainly hope you'll stick around um, for the next two hours so we can all get it in and all enjoy it first off we'll take a time out 
And we'll come back with Ali Cassell, all things NBA, after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Join us for a day of golf and giving at the game charity golf scramble benefiting Redbird Ministries. Hit the links at Farm Day Alley while supporting a great cause. All proceeds from the tournament will go towards Redbird Ministries' mission of serving families who have been given the extraordinary cross to carry the loss of a child. In addition to 18 holes of golf, the day will include great prizes, food, drinks, and a great day with the staff at the game. So gather your friends and colleagues for a fun day on the course while making a difference in the lives of those in need. Get your foursome together and register now at 1037thegame.com. Together, we can make a difference. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back and we are efforting to get Ali Cassell uh, from At The Bird Rights on to talk some NBA hoops. And um, James will let me... You got him. All right. Ali. Happy Monday, man. How are you? Oh, doing great. I don't know how New- all of New Orleans is doing well, right? Great weather. <laughs> and the Pelicans, they ride at the, the ship weather, over the weekend. Yeah. Two big wins. The weather's terrific. And I think the most significant back-to-back wins in a very, very long time, starting with uh, the Lakers as LeBron came into town. And, uh, man, what a shootout uh, for a team whose offense had gone south for for quite some time. Boy, the Pels exploded with 131 um, just taking care of business despite the fact of LeBron getting, you know, his 27 and Anthony Davis getting his 34. Uh, the Pels were balancing. Man, it was great to see Brandon Ingram be the B- Brandon Ingram that we've come to know. Well, they desperately needed him to shake, right? That rust from returning after a 29-game absence. And I'll tell you what, he was the sole, you know, the biggest factor. I'll, I'll put it that way. In the Pelicans yeah. overcoming the Lakers because boy, Los Angeles raced off to a big lead, right? They, I think, had 72 points at halftime. And you That's weren't right. sure, even though the Pelicans were playing well offensively, could they ever catch them and then pass them? But sure enough, they did. At the end of that third quarter, where they scored five points in five seconds, and then, of course, that started the fourth, that was just big time, you know, concluding with Trey Murphy, who, by the way, my goodness, his last two games, right? He's been just yep. as important pretty much as B.I. was in that win over the Lakers. No question. Outscored the Lakers by um, 16 in the second half to win it by 5, 131-126. And then you come right back on the very next day. You're thinking, okay, well, they're going to have a letdown. And here comes the third-seeded Sacramento Kings. And I think maybe the best game the Pels have played this year. They jump out to a 34-26 first quarter lead. They expand that, and they never looked back, winning by 32 over Sacramento. (laughs) It surprised everybody. I mean, look, the the Pelicans have been struggling. Sure, they beat the Lakers, but, you know, they had lost before that Lakers game 15 of their last 18 games. And you were just wondering, right, second night of a back-to-back, no Brandon Ingram, no Jonas Valanciunas on top of yep. those Zion Williamson. 
Well, we have seen that recipe been kind of a recipe of disaster lately, right? The stars, they've been sorely needed back in New Orleans lineup, but for some reason, I don't know, I don't know, maybe it was that big one over the Lakers, but they were inspired. I mean, when have we seen them race off to a good first quarter? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were up 26 to 12 early, and then they came out in the third quarter and put their foot down. They basically ended that game just a few minutes in the third. That's been rare this season. So you're right. That might have been their biggest win of the season, all things considered. Nice to see, you know, um, without Jonas out there, uh, Hernan Gomez gets 28 minutes. <laughs> I mean, 22 points and 16 rebounds. Kyra Lewis plays 22 minutes, takes some of the heat off of Jose Alvarado. Lewis with uh, 11 points in 22 minutes. So uh, they kind of got whatever they wanted, and it was just beautiful. And you, to your point, Trey Murphy with uh, with 30 on a, on a variety of shots, uh, styles, selections downtown leaping leaners dunks he he kind of did everything I, I don't know if this kid's confidence if he doesn't have it now he'll never have it <laughs> he definitely has it in post game jordy he was joking with us you know bi was out so somebody had the bi <laughs> and he's like i decided to tap into my bi skill set right i wish we all we could all do that but you're right he shot the ball 11 times right 11 field goal attempts ended up with 30 points made six of eight threes, six of seven from the free throw line. It was actually one of the best shooting performances in terms of efficiency we've seen all season, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know for those nerds that follow the uh, true shooting percentages, but he had a 106.5 true shooting percentage. That's the second highest in the game for a 30-point score this season. So that goes to show you just how special his game was. But you're right. I'm glad you mentioned all the other guys because it wasn't just him. I mean, Larry Nance and Billy Hernan Gomez really combined to just shut down DeMontis Sabonis. In the game without De'Aaron Fox, you knew that he was going to get the touches, and he's, he's, he's headed to the All-Star game. But they shut him down. They shut down everybody else on that Sacramento team. And offensively, everybody seemed to get the ball through the hoop, right? CJ got 24 points on 11 shots. If you've already mentioned Billy's stat line. Talk about Najee, right? The first 13 points in New Orleans uh, scored in that game. He had nine of them. He, it felt like he set the tone. And, of course, Kyra Lewis, it's great to see he's still in the rotation and he's playing well. I think he can help this team, Jordy. I think we see that too. now. It's just obvious. I'm with you. Ali Cassell at the Bird Rights. Uh, the Pels have four games before the All-Star break. Tomorrow they host the Hawks. Friday they host the Cavaliers. That ought to be a really good one. Then they go on the road against the Oklahoma City Thunder on Monday, and they close out things Wednesday in the uh, in Los Angeles to take on the Lakers before there's an eight-day break before they play again. So four very, very important games because uh, as we speak right here, right now, the, the Pels are in the ninth seed of the Western Conference playoff race, but they're just one game out of being the fifth seed. So this thing is all cluttered up and congested. They're tied with Golden State as far as um, winning percentage is concerned. Steph Curry is going to be out for a little bit uh, of time. Who knows how Dallas is going to react now with what mm-hmm. we're about to talk about, the Kyrie Irving trade. So, man, it's time to make hay while the sun is shining, right? Without a doubt. It, it seems like everybody in the Western Conference, outside of the Rockets and the Spurs, are still very much in this. And the Pelicans, they're only two and a half games behind Sacramento for third seed. Right, yep. so yeah, it, it's completely wide open. Think about if Zion Williamson can return soon, because now I'm beginning to hear some murmurs that we may actually see him before the All Star break. So really? if they can get whole 
and they can go on a run like they did, you know, through almost the first half of the season, there's little doubt in my mind that they can push themselves back up these standings, probably get inside the top six and maybe even inside the top four if they really play well and stay healthy. The good news is the Pels don't have another back-to-back until March 11th and 12th when they host the Thunder and the Trailblazers. So that means Brandon Ingram will get some rest and he'll be able to play in these games. Heaven forbid he continues to stay healthy. Right. That's what I love about this finishing schedule before the All-Star break. They play just two more times this week, right? They, They play, as you mentioned, tomorrow against the Hawks, then on Friday against the Cavaliers. But in between those two games and then the weekend, they've got two days off, and they're having a day off today. They're going to have two more days off this week. And I know a lot of bodies in that locker room, they're going to welcome this rest. And for Brandon, it's huge. He can't play in back-to-backs yet. He's still dealing with a little bit of pain and soreness in his toes. So it's been a pain management thing. That's why he didn't go last night. But I think, as you mentioned, the next back-to-back isn't until the second week of March. So by then, you've got to think he's, he's going to be pretty much good to go. So thank goodness for that. And like mm-hmm. I said, this rest is going to be so welcome. I'm, I'm pretty much buying into the fact that they're going to use this as kind of a springboard to get, like I said, right back up into this Western Conference, to thicken the meat of this race. Zion Williamson picked as a um, first-team All-Star. And... And didn't you tell me there is kind of a rule that he's going to have to get back on the court to be able to play in that all-star game? Yeah, it's sort of an unwritten rule that's been around now for a while where you have to play in a game or two usually before the all-star break in order to play in the actual all-star game slash festivities. A lot of teams kind of just, you know, follow this and same thing with the players, right? If you're healthy enough to play in the all-star game, usually you're healthy enough to play in a game or two before Right, that, that's the thinking. So right. That, right. that's my best guess is how this is going to go down. If we see Zion in one of those last two remaining games, either OKC or potentially against the Lakers, and I think he'll play in the All-Star game. But if yeah. he doesn't appear in any of these games, then I, I really think that he'll have some kind of substitute. He most likely wouldn't play. Is there some something in his contract where he makes a, even a little bit more if he plays in the All-Star game? No, if I, if I remember correctly, he does not have one of those special clauses in his contract. He's just going to go ahead and get paid the max, depending. Um, well, of course, he's going to meet all the games played requirements because that's not really even a requirement for him. The only thing that he's got for stipulation is if he could make an all-NBA team this year or win the MVP award, of course, win the Defensive Player of the Year award. He's not going to win that. Probably not going to win the MVP, but if he was to get an all-NBA team, that's the only thing that's going to boost up his uh, current salary. Trade deadlines coming up three days from now. Any predictions on the Pels? Boy, if you had asked me this before they started winning this weekend, I would have said I have no idea, Jordy. Because, I mean, what do you do with a team in free fall, right? Do you break it up? Do you make a major move because you still like this chemistry? But now that they've won again, you know, I just don't really foresee any major moves. I know that they still would like to get off of Devontae Graham, find something useful for Jackson Hayes. So maybe something around the edges, right? Maybe bringing some more three-point shooting, whether it's a Gary Trent from um, Toronto or Malik Beasley from Utah. That's what I'm thinking. As for OG Ananubi, some other big splash, maybe even Kevin Durant, right? People are now wondering, are the Nets maybe potentially going to move KD? I just don't see it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, what did you think of 
Kyrie Irving to Dallas. They got nothing to lose, Dallas, right? He's not going to be there after this year. He's going to L.A. He's going to go play, team up with LeBron again. You watch. Yeah, that, that, that was my first instinct, too, that they basically just traded him just for the rest of the season, right, to give Luka yeah. some inspiration because from what I'm hearing, he's not happy that there's, he doesn't have enough help. But Dallas right. did move two starters, right, in that deal to Brooklyn. So, yeah. and, now, and now they have no defensive wing. So it makes me think that they potentially want to have Kyrie Irving stay if it works with Luka. Because, look, what other star could Dallas have landed you know, before this trade deadline, I'm hearing that this free agency upcoming in the summer, it's going to be bereft of good names, too. So they're kind of yeah. we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And so they, they had to grab that disgruntled guy. I know a lot of people don't like it. I personally don't like it either. I mean, how can you think it's going to work when it didn't work with Kevin Durant, you know, in, in the Big That's Apple, right. right, with Brooklyn for four years? But I don't see how it's going to work with Luka, who you know is going to command the ball still. And yes. especially in clutch time moments. And you know Kyrie... He does what he likes to do, so I don't know. Good luck to Mark Cuban, but it felt like a desperation ploy. They lost out on Jalen Brunson this past summer, and they felt like they had to do something because they screwed that up. Who knew Jalen Brunson would be that valuable? Who knew? Man, I'll tell you what. It'll be very interesting to see, but the Pels got to win. Uh, they got to beat the Hawks. They got to take care of business in these next four. Um, as you said, build that momentum because once that all-star break hits, after that, it's a race for seeding in the playoffs. And uh, let's hope against hope against hope that this team can get healthy and stay healthy so we can finally see what the heck they're all about ali cassell at the bird rights thank you my friend absolutely jordy thanks and take care you take care we'll take a quick time out uh glenn west will join us all things lsu country after this time out this is the jordy holberg show on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros and brought to you each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. Man, if you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. Over 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. Who the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches and helps you get permanent fat reduction. What a Valentine's gift it would be by the louisiana lottery man you can't win that powerball until you start playing by dc's little capital exxon with their true soul food deli home of the best cheeseburger you've ever tasted by the aesthetic medicine and anti-aging clinic of louisiana get back in the game with hormone replacement therapy and by cajun chef man turn up the taste with cajun chef hot sauce Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your hall for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. And we are back 36 minutes after the hour. We welcome in our good friend, Mr. Glenn West from Go247 Sports to talk all things in Tigertown. Glenn, good afternoon. What a day for a golf golf game, huh? How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. It's 71 and sunny outside, Ooh. so you, you hit, hit nail on the head there. That's a great day. 
I got a little spring fever and baseball's right around the corner, but we got to start with um, LSU men's basketball team. They dropped their 10th consecutive game, but, but they showed some fight against Alabama, only losing 79 to 69 to the fourth ranked team in the country. What were your thoughts about that one? Yeah, I think certainly some signs of improvement there. Uh, you know, for about the first thirty or so minutes, they only had two turnovers on offense, which I think really helped uh, them stay tight in that game. Um, you know, the offense still wasn't great. They shot about thirty percent from the field and less than twenty-five percent from three. I mean, there's uh, really no positive way to put a spin on the scoring and the yeah. uh, lack of efficiency. But uh, whether it was turnovers, offensive rebounds, they they dominated that area. Um, and were able to get some second chance opportunities. They just weren't able to convert them. Um, but you hope that, you know, if that trend continues, you'll be able to maybe capitalize on those against some lesser SEC opponents and yeah. maybe take advantage of some of those second chance opportunities. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a much better, much more spirited game from the Tigers on Saturday. Uh, they definitely looked a lot more engaged. Um, you know, you could tell halfway through that losing streak, they are just. They were really struggling from a confidence and, and morale boost, and I think you know Saturday was a, it was a nice change of pace and a, and a, and a step forward uh, to hopefully climbing themselves out of this. To your point, only one turnover in the first half, just yeah. one. Um, but Alabama shoots it well, and again, who's going to score? I mean, it's like every you're like you throw it up in the air and see what what lands in the hat. And this time it was uh, it was Derek Fountain who scored 18 points and six rebounds in the first 20 minutes and had a career high. So you never know what you're going to get and who you're going to get it from. And that's what's so frustrating. And I, I can only imagine what Coach McMahon is feeling. Like he doesn't know where it's coming from. Yeah, and you can really tell that, by the way, he's really stretched out his lineups. Um, you know, Tyrell Ward, the freshman, entered the starting lineup in this last game on Saturday. Um, you know, they, they, they've – They've gone to a number of different options, whether it was Cam Hayes or Trey Hannibal or <laughs> Justice Williams. You know, they've they've tried about every starting lineup uh, you could possibly imagine, um, and you know, they, it's just been different guys every game. I mean, yeah, Fountain had twenty six points and eight rebounds uh, in that loss, but you know, you, your, your leading scorer I think was held to five or six points in KJ Williams. So you, yeah. you, if you had had a a more uh, efficient game from KJ, maybe you're in, maybe you win that game. And, and so I think it is, it's got to be a little frustrating for Coach McMahon in terms of uh, not knowing exactly which guys are going to step up and um, which guys are going to be able to, to really take this team by the reins and, and get them out of this because uh, it's, it really has been kind of a, a hodgepodge of different guys yeah. who have really uh, kind of contributed to this. No, one player that couldn't step up, um, a DNPCD, did not play coach's decision, was Trey Hannibal. Um, I'm sure that's been kept internal, but, hey, you got to play by the rules, right? Yeah, yeah, it's something internal. Um, you know, they, they didn't go into a whole lot of detail right. on what it was, but would expect him back shortly. Um, you know, I think it's just it's just part of what you're going through here in terms of trying to get guys all on the right page. Uh, pulling in the same direction and um, you know when you're losing like this it's it's this is probably the toughest stretch of any of their careers I mean these are guys who in high school were probably the best players on their team uh, and had success and uh, on the AAU circuit and certainly at their previous stops in college you know 10 10 loss 10 losses in a row is really 
really unique and really hard to overcome. And so, you know, you hope that they can start putting it together. And I think they showed some flashes of improvement that, you know, should be able to turn into more successful stretches against lesser teams. They haven't proven they can win on the road at all this year. So they got to go to Starkville uh, Wednesday. That could be 11 straight. Then they, then they've got Texas A&M here and eh, that's a pretty good club. Pretty yeah. good. You got to go to Georgia and, I don't South Carolina at home February 18th might be the um might be the deal that uh gets off the schneid I think. Well, I think I think I think this comes to an end pretty soon. I think you can see the writings on the wall that they're close to a win. They've just played yeah. some really good defensive teams too. I mean, we talked about it coming into the season that their SEC schedule was not very relenting in terms of the teams they were playing and uh it could be a long 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 kind of first month or so in conference play and boy did that turn out to be true so um you know i think now that they've gotten past the you know the the really gauntlet of their sec schedule they've had to play alabama twice they've had to play arkansas twice they played tennessee they've played florida i mean all those teams right now are are looking at you know potentially march madness kinds of teams you know lsu's just not there yet so now i think you get to the back half of the schedule here there's some more opportunities i think for you to uh, just build some momentum, some confidence heading into next year, and uh, certainly kind of reevaluate this roster once the season's over. I mean, I, I love college basketball. I just haven't gotten the swing of it yet because LSU's so bad right now, and it kind of takes the luster off. You're not, you're not <laughs> looking at the, the brackets and all this oh. this stuff. It's like, well, that ain't happening. So um, Kim Mulkey will be joining us at about 3.05 this afternoon, so we look forward to talking uh, to her. Do we know when spring football practice began? Have they said anything yet? So they have not sent anything in yet on when exactly their start date is. It's usually around the first week of April. So I would imagine it's around there and they spend most of April and spring, uh, spring ball before letting people out for the summer. So uh, I would imagine it's around the first week of April. We don't know that for sure. Um, but certainly there's a lot of you know intrigue around this team and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see some of the newcomers. They've got 11 transfers and 13 right. freshmen uh, on campus right now just trying to get acclimated to college life. I'm sure they're getting acclimated by getting to know their uh, strength and conditioning staff pretty well right now. I'm sure they are um, getting after kind of hot and heavy uh, to get ready up for spring ball. Yeah, it's what you sign up for as an early enrollee. I mean, all those freshmen – uh, came here wanting to you know, add muscle mass and get themselves in peak physical condition for their first spring uh, session with the football team. And, uh, you know, that's what the next couple months are going to be about, you know, about learning the, the ins and outs of the daily habits that are expected of them and, uh, you know, getting on, you know, the weight program, nutrition program, and certainly going to class and, and, and doing all that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's 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 kind of what you sign up for as an early enrollee, and I think those guys all wanted a head start. I, I, I listened to a quote from Nick Saban about Jalen Hurts, who came back for another year as a backup, and 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 Saban told him, "Look, this is what you need to do. You need to you need to work in the pocket. You need to be able to see the field, read defenses, get rid of the ball quickly, be accurate." And Jalen Hurts spent that whole spring never running. Just yeah. stay in the pocket and through it. Don't don't you think that that's what LSU is going to do with Jaden Daniels? I'm not saying Daniels is Jalen Hurts, but we know he can run. Yeah. But he's got to improve his pocket presence, doesn't he? And I would imagine yeah. that's what LSU is going to do with him. 
Yeah, certainly doesn't hurt to, to, to certainly try that out. I mean, you know, last year when he got to campus, it was, um, you know, they wanted to work with his mechanics and his footwork. Um, and so they, they, you know, he, he was running a lot last spring. Uh, he didn't throw the ball hardly at all while he was working on those mechanics and that, right. and all that stuff. Um, so I would imagine that he, uh, you know, that that is a conversation they'll probably have in terms of him, them wanting him to throw the ball a little bit more, be a little bit more uh, aggressive with his passing right. decisions. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's part of this. It's going to be really interesting to, to find out, um, you know, there's, no shortage of weapons this year. They got they're, they're absolutely loaded at the receiver position, and uh, certainly with what they have at tight end with Mason Taylor, and then also in the backfield. So, um, you know, it's about I think finding the rhythm with those guys. You know, continuing to get them right. in, uh, and uh, you know, working on that chemistry and where they want the ball, the timing of their routes. I mean, that's that's something that you know is is really. Uh, you know, kind of unique for an offense now to have a second consecutive year with most of the same guys uh, in in that in that locker room who kind of know each other. And now it's just about you know getting that on field chemistry up another level. You say they're loaded at the wide receiver position. I'm still of the belief you got to prove it to you. Got to show me something. All right. So, um, you know, we thought Boutte was going to Booty was going to have an all world year. That never happened. So I guess Malik Neighbors is target number one. And then after that, who really has stepped up? Who who's who's gotten that one A spot? So I still think there's a heck of a lot to be determined, and maybe it's somebody that is just stepping on campus. Maybe it's that kid that uh, came from Alabama. Maybe it's that kid who's a freshman from Baton Rouge at Catholic. I don't know. Yeah. So they may be loaded, but man, I, I played against a lot of guys really good in practice. But when they turn those lights on, things change. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, you know, look, the Malik Neighbors is coming back as a thousand yard receiver. And and I think the trust that Daniels has in him, uh, as well as Mason Taylor, I think he showed you enough last year yeah, to be yeah. a reliable second option. Um, and, and, you know, I think those two have a really great rapport uh, with, with Daniels and Taylor. So, uh, yeah, I think those are two guys you can really lean on. Brian Thomas is a guy that I think a lot of people are excited to see uh, back for a third year. Um, you know, he had some really, some really good moments, some big flashes and big games. Um, you know, he, he's a big touchdown threat, you know, in terms of the vertical and also in terms of the red zone, mm -hmm. I would love to see him. And then Aaron Anderson, you just mentioned it is a guy from Alabama. Who's a former borderline five-star at 24 seven. And, uh, he's, you know, probably walks in as the fastest guy in the locker room. I mean, he is, he is quick. He has got four, three level speed. Uh, he's a guy that you could absolutely expect to to return punts and kicks and potentially you know flip the field for you a couple times right. a game, uh, which is something LSU did not have the advantage of having last year. Uh, so I, I'm really excited to see what he can do in the slot. And then you know, you've got some 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 young freshmen in here: Shelton Sampson, Jalen Brown, right. Kyle Parker. Um, you know, these are you know names that if you follow recruiting, you probably know pretty well, but still have to go out and prove it, you know, right. like you said. So yeah. a number of those guys are on campus right now, and they're going to be uh, jockeying for, for position here in the spring. Glenn West, go 247 Sports, 10 seconds. LSU, South Carolina, women's hoops. Who you got? LSU all the way, of course. You can't, you can't <laughs> deviate from that. <laughs> in five seconds, Philly, KC, Super Bowl. Who you got? I'm going KC. I think uh, Mahomes and Kansas City get it done. He is Glenn West. Thank you, my friend. Have a great week. All right. Thanks, Jordy. Appreciate we'll it. We'll take a quick timeout to wrap up our number one after this. 
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game is throwing you something far better than some cheap plastic beads this Mardi Gras. That's right. You could score a $500 Visa gift card. Just download the game mobile app, open the app, and click on the Mardi Gras Moolah tab, and you're on your way to winning a $500 Visa gift card. It's the game's Mardi Gras Moolah sweepstakes. Download the app, win money. It's just that simple. And it's all from the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 52 minutes after the hour on this uh, Monday, February 6th. Hoping you're having a great day still to come around 3.05 this afternoon. The head coach of the number three ranked undefeated LSU women's basketball team, Kim Mulkey, uh, will join us. So looking forward to that. Tom Brady, who announced his retirement February the 1st, said today that he won't begin his work as a sports broadcaster at Fox Sports until the fall of 2024 uh quote that's great for me take some time to really learn be great at what i really want to do and become great at thinking about the opportunity making sure i don't rush into anything so um tom brady gonna sit out a year study listen learn and and go from there so um Fox didn't disclose the terms of Brady's deal, but the New York Post reported that it was a 10-year, $375 million contract, the most lucrative in sports broadcasting history. So not a bad gig when you can when you can get that. Um, after years of competitive Super Bowl, Sunday's Super Bowl 57 might be a bit of a dud if the yearly Madden video game simulation is any indication, at least for fans of the Kansas City Chiefs. Madden NFL 23's official simulation is predicting the Philadelphia Eagles to pull away in the second half and handle the Chiefs 31-17. to 17. So take that for whatever it is worth. Um, Alabama's hired their coordinators on the offensive side. Tommy Reese from Notre Dame is going to handle the signal calls of Nick Saban's offense. And Kevin Steele is coming back to Alabama for another stint uh, as the defensive coordinator. Not the splashiest of hires. Um, if if you're thinking of some some names that were out there, but I, I never bet against uh, Nick Saban. Steele left Alabama for Clemson to return to his home state of South Carolina after the 2008 season. He did so to have total autonomy on defense instead of having Saban and some guy by the name of Kirby Smart in control. So um, he is back yet again, and uh, we shall see what happens. Steele turned 65 next month. Uh, he was uh, had one year at Miami, 
and uh, he produced a mediocre defense in that five and seven season in year one under Mario Cristobal. But um, from 2015 to 2020, he led six consecutive power five defense who ranked in the top one through three nationally. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what Saban and his new coordinators can do. Reese on the young side, Steele on the old side. So um, there we go. There we go. We will find out what happens. So uh, stay tuned for that. So coming up, hour number two, again, Kim Mulkey will join us, and we'll talk all about the LSU women's basketball team. They have had some, you know, when you're when you're undefeated, uh, that piano gets a little bit heavier on your back. You're going to get the best shot from everybody, and you've got to be up to the task, particularly on the road. You can nitpick and, and slice it and dice it, but through 23, games they've been a perfect 23 and 0 and sets up quite a showdown on super bowl sunday against south carolina that story with kim mulkey and blake ruffino of the are you serious podcast coming your way our number two here of the jordy helpert show on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles uh stay with us we'll be right back Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's hour number two of two and away we go hope you're having a spectacular day the weather is beautiful it's super bowl week arizona the site super bowl 57 kansas city and the philadelphia eagles earlier that day it'll be a titanic matchup in women's college basketball as lsu will take on south carolina Two SEC teams that are the only two teams left in the country that are undefeated. And in just a minute, we're efforting to get head coach Kim Mulkey on uh, to talk about her squad. Amazingly, she came to Baton Rouge a year ago, took a team that no one thought, uh, we didn't know what to expect, led them to a 26-6 and record. They were 13-3 and in the SEC. That held down the second spot behind South Carolina. They got to the second round of the NCAA tournament, hosted a game. Ohio State, a really, really good team, ended the Tigers' season. Kim Mucky lost some key players, but she went to the portal, and she got some more and got some more. And right now they are 23-0. and 0. And you look across the board, I mean, it's just um, – 23 and over overall, 11 and 0 in the conference, 23 game win streak, 13 and 0 at home, 6 and 0 away from home, 4 and 0 on neutral sites. You name it, they have done it. They have crossed um, all the T's and dotted all the I's. Kim Mulkey's been through the experience of having an undefeated team back in the 2011-2012 season. Her Baylor Bears went 40 and 0 and claimed a national championship, obviously. 
the pressure builds with each and every moment. I remember being with LSU, 1980, 81. We were 17-0 in SEC play. With each game, once you get to 10-0, 11 and each game, it's like you that target on your back gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you get everybody's best shot. Everybody's. And you better be mentally tough. You got to stay healthy. And you got to get ready for teams that you think. For instance, they beat Texas A&M earlier in the season by 40. And they held on yesterday to win it on the road. And win it they did. May not have been the, the prettiest, but they certainly did. And that's all that matters. You beat Texas A&M at home 74 to 34 back on January the 5th. You go into Bryan College Stadium and Reed Arena yesterday and you win it 72 to 66. It's just different. It's more difficult. Tigers will have a week to prepare for South Carolina on Sunday. And Tigers haven't moved up in the polls. They remain at number three. And we are thrilled to be joined by the head coach of the LSU women's basketball team, the Hall of Famer, Kim Mulkey. Kim, thank you for your time. How are you doing? How's life? Life is good. How are you? I'm terrific. Are you are you having fun? I'm always having fun when I'm coaching, and it's a lot more fun when you're winning. A <laughs> couple of things I mentioned earlier. Um, this is this is new for these players. It's not new for you. You go back to 2011, 2012. You experienced the perfect season, the undefeated 40 and 0 national championship season. How much do you remember about that? As far as how you are helping to prepare your team now, because you're getting everybody's absolute best shot. Well, I think experience just through the years of coaching helps you, no matter if you're undefeated or not. Um, I was fortunate to coach that 40-0 and team. My daughter was on that team, Brittany Griner, a lot of great players. We were expected to do great. We were not expected, certainly, to go 40-0, and but it happened, and uh, the rest is history. But, you know, to think that my LSU team is undefeated. No, we don't. We didn't expect that, and nor do we expect right. to go undefeated. I mean, we just want to win. We want to become relevant. I think we have become relevant. Uh, we have not arrived yet. All we've done is win games. We haven't won any championships, yeah. but at least we're being talked about now. You've had oh, – look, you were cruising for a while, and you knew. You knew that as this schedule got a little bit deeper, teams were going to, you know, Tennessee, great, unbelievable crowd, unbelievable game. You have to go to Georgia right after that. You go into overtime to win that one. You, you play a Texas A&M team that you beat by 40 back in January, and you got a scratch and claw to win this one. What have you learned about your team in these close, you better pay attention to everything I say kind of games? Well, I think – I can draw up a lot of things in a timeout, but it just doesn't always go as you want it to go. I think what you have is you have some kids on that floor for LSU that just have talent, and they have an unbelievable will to win. They're not afraid to take the big shot. 
um, they're, you know, they just compete. And uh, mm-hmm. you can draw up all the things you want in a timeout, and at the end of the day, those kids have got to go play. And uh, I thought that uh, A&M, well, I don't think A&M is much better now. They have three players back on the yeah. team from injuries that are outstanding players that make them better. I thought, I thought Coach uh, Joni, I thought her defense was spectacular on Reese and uh, and also on um, icing us on on ball screens. I, I just felt like they just really competed hard, and uh, we yeah. uh, we we did just enough to win. And uh, you know, this is what you expect when when you're undefeated and being talked right. about, and you're relevant. This is this is what comes with it. It's awesome. I mean, it really is amazing. You've got a whole week now. How do you manage? keeping your players fresh and keeping your players crisp and sharp in preparing for what you're about to face on Super Bowl Sunday? Well, we have today off and tomorrow off, and we'll get in the film room Wednesday and start doing scouting report on uh, South Carolina. We've got good four days to prepare. You don't do everything in one day, and we take right. our time and have have our own ideas of how we're going to defend and who we're going to guard um, you just take your time and, and try to put a, a plan together that when you go on the road in front of 18,000 people that you compete. Look, they're the team in the country to beat. Nobody right. has, <laughs> excuse me, beat them. We're, we know who we are, right. and we just want to compete. I'm, with, I, I'm surprised. I can't believe I got you on the <laughs> show. Got you on my show on this on this spring like day. I thought you'd have your gloves on and you'd be out gardening or something. Well, actually, I'm getting ready to go outside and it's beautiful sunshine, and I'm probably <laughs> going to do something in the yard. I don't know how much or what, but I'm going to get out there. <laughs> you you came here with this vision, and it wasn't a question of if; it was a question of when. You didn't know when, but you were you you've won on every level. That's your life. That's who you're all about. Have you surpassed even your wildest expectations to date? I mean, you're getting packed houses in the PMAC. You're you're undefeated. You're the third ranked team in the country. You went to the NCAA tournament last year. You're 26 and six. Uh, you're second in the SEC. Is, have you s- superseded your wildest expectations yet? Well, sure. Nobody expected this. I don't think any coach in their right mind would think that we would be able to do this. You have to remember why I'm here. I'm here because the team prior to me getting here last year had only won nine ball games. So right. you had to have realistic expectations. What changed is the transfer portal. We were able to get some good players in here and yep. um, and just really, I think, you know, that, that transfer portal has changed all of our lives, some for the good, <laughs> some for the bad. We're going to lose players uh, I'm sure, but it's just the way it is, and uh, uh, it's fun. It's it's fun, as you well know. LSU loves winners, and LSU <laughs> loves for for people to be proud. And I said when I came here, I just want to be a positive for my state, and uh, I, I hope I'm doing that. And there's no question that you are doing that. What makes South Carolina? We all know about the matchup of the of the two big girls. They're 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 player of the year contenders. Their player was the national player of the year last year. You've got one that certainly in Angel Reese has got all the statistics you need to qualify for that. So we know about them. What makes South Carolina so good? 
Well, they're talented. <laughs> they have about ten of the best players in the country, and they're all mm-hmm. on the same team. And uh, they know how to win. They're experienced. Coach Staley's a great coach. He's experienced. And um, it's it's just it's South Carolina, and then it's everybody else. I've said that from day one. They're mm-hmm. that good, and, and uh, they're up here, and everybody else is just trying to knock them off. And uh, we won't be any different than UConn playing them yesterday or anybody else. We're just trying to, you know, be competitive in the game and, and put on a, a decent show for women's basketball, the SEC, and uh, see what happens. Not not bad. Not a bad lead-in to the Super Bowl, huh? I mean, come on. Well, I don't know about the Super Bowl, but I know I'm going to have a super basketball game that day. <laughs> I love it. Get out there and enjoy the sunshine. I appreciate the few minutes. Um, congratulations to date. I know y'all will give them hell uh, at Colonial Life Arena. We can't wait to see it. Uh, continued health, continued um, success, and uh, nobody's going to outwork you girls. So uh, thank you and good luck. Uh, you're welcome. Take care. All right, Kim Mulkey, um, fighting a cough, but getting out in the sunshine. And again, uh, Sunday, 1 o'clock Central Time, number three LSU at number one South Carolina, Super Bowl Sunday. I'll never forget, um, as I said earlier, we were 17-0 and in conference play. And we were playing Kentucky. Uh, we'd already wrapped up the SEC championship, but we were playing Kentucky at Rupp Arena on a Sunday, just like South Carolina and LSU were about to do. And back then, it was uh, NBC was the it was the game. Uh, of college basketball. That was the network. And they always picked the game of the week, and we were on it. They had uh, Dick Enberg and Billy Packer and Al McGuire on the call of the game. And I remember showing up. It was like a 1 o'clock game. And um, Kentucky, for that game and that game only, only moved their band right behind our bench. The entire student body were dressed in tuxedos. They made it the most grandiose situation you could ever imagine. And every timeout that was called, that band was blaring, and Coach Brown had to scream. We kept moving our chairs out further and further and further, and it just—it was amazing. It was amazing. It was one of the greatest games. Um, we lost it by one. We had a shot at the buzzer. Uh, that should have been a foul on Sam Bowie. Should have been a foul. Uh, they didn't call it on the shot. And Kentucky got away with a one-point win. And then we uh, beat their rear end uh, later on and uh, got to the final four. Uh, it was a remarkable game, and I'm sure that's what LSU will be facing. It'll be the most hostile environment they've ever played in. Uh, the key to this game is, is Angel Reese has to do her thing, but it's the guard play. The guards have to control the pressure, control the pace, and they're going to have to play their best game of the year. No ifs, ands, buts, or maybes about it, and we here at the game will be – providing that game for you on 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. So we'll have the biggest game of the year right here, right now. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more. So stay with us. 
This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Ooh, it's about a, uh, a week and a day away, guys. Need help with taking your lady out for Valentine's Day? The help you need can be found inside the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, and a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes to help you with Valentine's Day by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Let your voice be heard. Hello. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111 and speak your mind. Hello. This is the Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 21 minutes after the hour on this gorgeous Monday, February 6th in the year 2023. Super Bowl Sunday approaching. They had the the Pro Bowl stuff, touch football, all this goofy stuff. I don't I didn't watch one single solitary second of it. So I don't know. Good basketball game on tonight. Number five, Texas. Number at number nine, Kansas in Fog Allen Arena. That's all that ought to be a good one, too. Two good teams. Texas has been surprising at 19 and four. Earlier today, Justin Rose took all the drama out of a long week with three quick birdies that sent him to a three-shot victory Monday today in the wind delayed AT&T Pebble Beach Pro Am, ending four years without winning and making him eligible eligible for the masters so um justin rose gets the win at pebble beach what a beautiful at the Mon- the monterey peninsula just outstanding outstanding um so the weather made it go to monday uh and he knocked it down and finished it out pretty quickly of course the big story in the nba kyrie irving heading to the dallas mavericks the lakers wanted him uh but apparently the um, brooklyn nets liked the package that dallas had sent rather than what the lakers could do so now the question is what does kevin durant do What's he going to do? What are the Nets going to do? So it should be a very interesting time between now and uh, the ninth um, at uh, 2 o'clock Central Time. Are the Pels going to get involved? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Certainly they wouldn't make a rash decision. Certainly they've been studying this and thinking about this. To me, Devontae Graham, Jackson Hayes, uh love Garrett Temple for the team, but whatever, a, a draft pick, if you think you can improve your team, um, then you got to take the chance. 
You've got to take the chance. Sitting back and waiting and thinking that this team is going to be healthy the rest of the year, I'm not, I'm not going to bet on it. But I'm not going to take any one of the ilk of Kyrie Irving. How Dal- Look, Dallas did this simply as a roll of the dice. They went to Harris Casino in New Orleans, and they're playing dice, and they're just rolling it. This is simple. Mavericks are trying to go for it now. It sends a message to their star, Luka Doncic, that the Mavs are going for it now. Plain and simple. Doesn't mean that Kyrie Irving is going to be a long-term Dallas Maverick. It just doesn't. Um, Luka's looking around going, man, look at Kristaps Porzingis. Man, he's uh, he's playing better with the Wizards than he did in Dallas. And and look at Jalen Brunson, what's he's, what he's doing for the New York Knicks this season. So now Dallas and their fan base, they're energized. They don't care. They don't care about what Kyrie Irving thinks or what he does off the court. They look at those 27 points a game and they go, hey, we're ready. We are ready. Now, how he gets along with Doncic, Doncic controls the ball even more than LeBron when LeBron and Kyrie were together in Cleveland to win that championship. He controls it even more. Um, So you've got LeBron sitting there, and the Lakers are right there, and he's going to become the talk of the league either in the next game or against the Milwaukee, against Oklahoma City, or he's going to certainly do it against Milwaukee. I think it'll be against Milwaukee. I think the synergy is just unbelievable. You're playing against Milwaukee where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar started his NBA career. Then Kareem goes to L.A. LeBron goes to L.A. He's going to win it. He's going to become the all-time leading scorer as a Laker. It's going to be just like it's just in the cards. It's just in the cards. Um, So I don't blame Dallas for doing it, although, man, it is a gamble. But it's only a gamble for X amount of games. There is no way Kyrie Irving is going to stay a Dallas Maverick. There's no way. Kyrie Irving is going to go to L.A. and team up with LeBron again for next season, in my humble opinion. That's what I think they're going to do. I don't know who's out there that can help the Pels, but if there's somebody that that's their job to analyze their roster, you can't get enough bigs and rim protectors. You can't get enough shooting in the NBA. You just can't have enough shooters. You can't. You can't rely on Herb Jones to be a shooter anymore. He's a defender, but if I'm trying to go far in the playoffs, I need another shooter. I need another shooter. So if they if somebody's out there that they think they can get that's going to fill that void, 6'8", 6'9", can flat out shoot the ball from the perimeter, everybody wants that. Everybody does. So you're going to have to give up some to get that. And if you can get that, then by all means, go for that. So we'll see what happens in the next four days um, as to are the Pels going to stay pat? Just because they've won two in a row, are they going to say, oh, well, we're all good? Uh, come on. No, they're, they're, they're smarter than that. 
They've been studying this and delving into this for quite some time now, and it'll be very curious to see. I would not be surprised if the Pels make a move. I really wouldn't because Dallas did, and the Mavericks now have. They don't have any defense, but, boy, you better be able to score because they can score like crazy now. And we've always had a tough time beating the Mavericks. So the chess play, the chess match has begun, and we'll see who's next up on the proverbial board. All right, Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast um, is coming up after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, we are brought to you each and every day by Cajun Chef. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce right there in St. Martinville for decade after decade. It's just the absolute best by ShopRite tobacco plus discount outlets if you can't shop right at ShopRite, <laughs> you just can't shop right at all become a member of the buku rewards program and save like crazy by ducks cleaning america's air from the inside out by eon of lafayette baton rouge and mandeville you want permanent fat reduction you want to lose those unwanted inches well eon is the premier touchless robotic lazy body contouring device that does exactly that valentine's day guys girls help her help him become the best you can be by the louisiana lottery you can't win those scratch offs until you start scratching them off so start playing by dc's little capital exxon ah with their true soul food deli oh home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted and by the aesthetic medicine and anti-aging clinic of louisiana get back in the game with hormone replacement therapy a recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Oh, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back in better than ever. 34 minutes after the hour on this Monday, February 6th, the year 2023. So thrilled to be joined by our good friend from the Are You Serious podcast, Mr. Blake Rafino. Good afternoon, man. What's happening? Just chilling, Jordy. How about you? <laughs> just just doing what I got to do, big guy. Just uh, doing what I got to do. So, um, yes, um, we don't know when spring practice is going to uh, take place. Every year there seems to be a proverbial theme of, boy, I can't wait to see what, what happens at this position group. Um, and specifically this. Last year was the quarterback spot. All right. Do we still feel that way about the quarterback spot, or is that locked up in your opinion? Um, you know, it's an interesting question because I guess it really depends on what happens with Garrett. Now, there is an interesting scenario where I think of like a guy like a Walker Howard were to hit the portal, you know, maybe LSU entertains it. Maybe a second year guy that can sit behind Garrett, maybe slightly above Ricky Collins. Uh, but other than that, I don't know. Now, 
the interesting part, well, there's multiple interesting layers to this. So tonight, Jordan, we're going to talk about about some rumblings that I've heard about Mike Denbrock, you know, Notre Dame, people really wondering if Mike Denbrock will make his way back to South Bend. Tune in tonight at 7 to get that answer. I think that there are some interesting dynamics that have to play out before the end of April, May, before we figure, or beginning of May at the latest, before we figure that out. Uh, You know, if Doug Nussmeyer goes to Miami, it's really interesting, isn't it? So, I don't know. Yeah. um, Of course, the offensive coordinator position has opened up at Notre Dame because um, Coach Reese is now the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Uh, Kevin Steele returning to Alabama yet again. Uh, Not the biggest, splashiest hires, but are you going to doubt Saban and his ability to hire coaches? If this were any other coach in the country, you would say that this is a bad duo. But I think it's more of a philosophy change. I, I do think it's an advantage LSU because Tommy Reese has never been away from Brian Kelly for more than three years since his 19th birthday. So the offense that they tried to run in Notre Dame a season ago is a great value, great value LSU type of offense. Jordy, it's a philosophy change that we're seeing around college football that nobody's talking about. Teams that can run the football for five yards per carry or more have extreme success. Massive amounts of success. Let's look at them. Iowa State, Michigan, TCU, Georgia, LSU, Alabama, Tennessee. What do all those teams have in common, Jordy? They ran the football at a very high rate. Extremely, extremely high rate and efficiency. So with that being said, okay, I think that people aren't really under or getting the grasp that of like, for example, what an LSU did in the running game a season ago, because people are so used to now the the deeper pass, the intermediate passes going for long yardage. The philosophy has changed. Now you still can have quarterbacks and need quarterbacks to throw for thirty five hundred to four thousand yards to win an Addy, but if you go and look, it's more fifty fifty than people remember it to be. As an example, the only way that Georgia comes back and beats Ohio State is because they ran the ball at seven yards, actually 7.23 yards per carry, and that's what got them back into the football game. I think it's more of a philosophy change for them, but let's not mistake it now. Tommy Reese isn't a – it is more of a let's see what happens higher than it is a good hire. Like Saban's not above reproach to some extent. Like people can make bad hires. Now, what is that – what happens, though? is if they run the ball and slow the game down, they have the athletes. To, they're going to still be in games. They're still going to win a lot of football games. But, but Jordy, what, is, what has Tommy Reese done that tells you he's not a Kiffin, he's not a Sarkeesian, he's not a Dayball, he's none of those guys. This is, without a shadow of the doubt, the riskiest offensive coordinator hire that he's ever made. I don't think that that, I don't think that, that is – is a hot take. I think that that's just when you look at the resumes from everybody else, I think that you can make that assumption. Now, will it pan out? We'll see, but I, I do scratch my head at it, even though in late October it might bite me where I don't like it to. 
Uh, well, maybe Nick Saban is looking at, okay, we don't have a Bryce Young anymore. We don't have a uh, Mac Jones anymore. Maybe our quarterback is is not of that ilk, and we have to run. We have to go back to the way I used to coach years ago. We're going we're gonna to run it. We're going to control the clock. We're going to play great defense. We're going to um, control field position with our kicking game and the offense. Just don't screw it up. Well, I think that's what they're going to try to do. Can they, especially with two young quarterbacks? Because you don't have a Bryce Young, you could make that argument that they're going to try to do that because I think it's their only option because they're not getting better on the outside. Jordy, you want to hear an interesting stat? Everybody tried to tell me that Bill O'Brien was a bad offensive coordinator. They were number six in the country in total offense in 2021. They were number they were in the fourth scoring offense in the country, averaging forty one point four points per game offensively. Bryce did Bryce had situations when you dig down into it where he like the interception that he threw to Jerry Bernard Converse that, you know, pretty much has changed the game and the outlook of, of really of the entire game, even though it's in the first drive of the first quarter of the first half. He did that multiple times. I don't. I, I just think that Nick does not feel comfortable with that anymore, and he feels that he's got to get back to getting to his bread and butter. And look, let's see if it happens now. Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson are good quarterbacks, and they're going to run the football. They're Alabama, but the the, the problem that Alabama has had is the drastic drop-off at wide receiver that they've had over the last three years. Jordy, it is literally the worst drop-off, not only in the country in a three-year span, it's the worst drop-off in in the SEC since Saban's been in Alabama. That's how bad they've been on the outside. Their leading wide receiver last year was Chris Burton, or, or Jermaine Burton, excuse me, who had 40 catches for 600 or 700 yards. Jamison Williams had 1,500 yards, and Mechie had 96 catches the year before that. The drop-off of the talent that they have there is immense. I'm with you. I'm with you. And look, that quarterback room, Hurts, Tua, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, I mean, for a school that hadn't had a quarterback basically since Joe Willie Namath, um, man, they they had some quarterbacks. So maybe maybe Nick's going back. Uh, you know, things go full circle. That's why I, I tell you, Blake, don't throw those old ties away because they're going to come back in style eventually. Uh, and maybe this is the new way. You mentioned Ohio State. You mentioned Michigan. You mentioned TCU. Yeah, they open it up, but, boy, they run that football. And I think for LSU to be as effective as they were running the ball without the greatest group of running backs – that says an awful lot about that offensive line. Says an awful lot about how Jaden Daniels can run the ball himself. And I, I brought this up earlier, and I want your opinion of it. I remember Saban saying something about Jalen Hurts, who um, was a starter, became a backup, and came back another year as a backup. And Saban said, "Look, this is what you have to work on. 
we know you can run, but you got to work on throwing the ball from the pocket. You got to get rid of the ball quicker. You got to be accurate. You got to know, understand defenses, and that'll get you to the league. Don't you think that's the approach that Brian Kelly is going to be taking with Jaden Daniels? We know you can run. We don't need to see you run in spring practice. You stay your little hiney in the pocket, and let's work on your form and your technique and your understanding of defenses. 100%. And what's crazy is, is that he's got a backup quarterback that he's got to tell the opposite to. <laughs> you know, exactly. It, it literally exactly. Opposite. You know, Jordy, what's, what's, what's crazy, and you bring up the running game, my thing has been since the offseason started, if LSU hits, I say two, two passing plays at 15 yards or more per quarter, they will be unstoppable. Okay. LSU has had a lot of great running backs. They've had really great running games under Nick, yeah. under Les, and under yeah. Orgeron. Jordan, yeah. LSU broke a record for the most rushing touchdowns in the season last year. Hard to believe. That is in, it's hard to believe, but your foundation is now there. Okay? Now that you – if you can hit – like you mentioned, if Jane can hit some of those intermediate passes at least six times a game, they're going to be really tough because – now the safeties have to go back in the box. You can't keep a spy on him as much. And and really, it's pretty much, really and truthfully, Jordy, what people have had issues with when it comes to now Lamar Jackson, for an example, okay? Because now that Lamar has hitting passes down the field, that is what made him so difficult to stop and why they won so many football games. And, and that's the reason why I think LSU should be the favorite in the West because of the quarterback and 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 the situation surrounding him. I, I think it's terrific. Who who's your prediction on who gets to wear the number seven on this team? I I really don't know. Um, that's an interesting one. I mean, I'm sure Hill Perkins makes a very strong you know um, case for that. I, let me tell you something that, I'm, that I've heard. Okay, I don't know if this is going to come into fruition. I think the guys are a little bit over. The only thing that they're worried about is the number eighteen, like who can yeah. lead, who's the leader of these teams, and stuff like I that. I believe it. Jo- I agree, Jordy. I, I, listen, talking to some of these kids that are in that locker room, I kind of feel like they really only have one thing on their mind, really and truthfully. You know, and you, you say that, and it comes off cliche, and it is cliche to some extent. I don't know if, you know, Jordan, my thing is, for example, Harold Perkins doesn't go pick up his NIL checks. I really don't think he's worried about his number. <laughs> I agree. I mean, you know, so I think, you know, I don't think they're worried about that is where I think we can leave it. I'm with you, and it hasn't been that successful, to be quite honest with you. 18 is the most important number. 18 is the most important number, hands down, no question about it. Um, and whoever gets that has earned the respect of his peers, and that's that's what sets it uh, sets it all apart. Um, who do you like in the Super Bowl, by the way? Oh, I, it, you know, I really haven't come down to outright opinion. Because I, ju- I think I think it's just two so different 
philosophies. You know, Kansas City does not have a great rushing attack. And when they do have a good, just an average rushing attack, they really do well. I really like the Eagles, though, man. I really do. Um, I, I just, I can't, the, the, I, I'm going to say this, and it's tough to say. I just, when it comes down to these types of games, I usually pick the better quarterback or who's playing better at that position. I might have to go Mahomes, though, Jordy. I, I mean, as much as I think the Eagles have the chance and the ability to do it, I just don't know yet if I, if, Jordy, if they're down by seven with two minutes left to go, can Jalen Hurts throw to a touchdown? That's the ultimate. That's the only thing that I keep coming back to. Can Jalen Hurts in a two-minute drive throw them to tie the game or win the game? That I don't know yet. And I haven't really seen him do that in the NFL yet at a consistent level. I think I might have to take Mahomes, to be honest with you. All right. Very good. Uh, you've been following hoops a little bit. You like, uh, real quick, Kim Mulkey's squad heading to Columbia, Battle of Unbeatens, oh, Super Bowl Sunday. How good is that? Uh, I made a joke that didn't didn't go over well with South Carolina fans. I don't know if you saw it. I said that Dawn yeah. Staley wears Kim Mulkey pajamas. It didn't go over well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> matchup game Saturday. I really love it. Jordan, they play. It's Sunday, so fun Sunday. Sunday. That game's on I, I Sunday. Mean, I was just trying to make a joke. You know, people, you can't even make a joke anymore. It's so, you know, it's like, hey, man, it's just trash talk. It's just a joke. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Ain't the reason. Jordy, that, that corner three, that corner three that they keep hitting, meaning South Carolina, do you see the stat that I saw ESPN drop from uh, South Carolina? They've made more corner threes than anybody, everybody in the SEC almost combined. Wow. It's, it's ridiculous, guy. though. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Enjoy the hoops. Enjoy the Are You Serious podcast like I know you do. And thank you for your time, man. It's always fun. Thanks, Jordan. Yes, sir. All Good right, time. Take care. We, um, we'll be back after this final timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Listen up. Delta Media Corp is looking for self-motivated and hardworking individuals to join the team. Delta Media is currently hiring a human resources manager to manage the HR department. Hire, interview, administer pay, benefits, and more. In addition, we're looking to add an account executive. Training is available. If interested, send your resume to Jay Cochran, J-C-O-C-H-R-A-N at Delta Media Corp. Dot com. Delta Media Corp. is an equal opportunity employer. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, we're back 54 minutes after the hour. There's a seven-figure bet on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. A better at bet MGM wagered a million on Philly to beat the Chiefs on February 12th. The bet was a money line bet at minus 125 odds. So if the Eagles win, no matter the score, 
the better nets $800,000. So after opening as underdogs to the Chiefs, the Eagles quickly became favorites, and they seem poised to remain the favorites, barring an unexpected development ahead of next uh, Sunday's game. The Eagles are currently favored by one and a half after briefly, after the spread briefly got to two and a half points earlier in the week. So, um, uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, we'll we'll see. We're waiting for Mattress Mac to make his bet. Um, Eagles are currently the most bet team against the spread in all but two of the nineteen states where BetMGM operates online sportsbook. The only two states that are liking the Chiefs against the spread are Kansas for understandable reasons and Massachusetts, whatever that means. So um, if Philly wins the Super Bowl, it'll be the franchise's second Super Bowl win in six seasons. Philadelphia beat the Patriots 41-33 to win the 2018 Super Bowl, right? The Philly special. Um, maybe that's why betters in mass are favoring the Chiefs in this one. They just didn't like their Patriots getting beat. The Chiefs are in their third Super Bowl in the past four seasons. They beat the 49ers in 2020 before losing to the Buccaneers in 2021. Um, so with the Rams win over the Bengals a season ago, Philly is vying to be the third consecutive NFC team to win the Super Bowl. So there you go. If today, February 6th, is your birthday, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share with the PGA 2020 champion and the British Open champion of 2021, 26-year-old Colin Morikawa. Special thanks to Ali Cassell, Glenn West, Kim Mulkey, and Blake Rafino. Thank you, James Mesh. And thanks to all of you for listening in and to our partners for making it possible each and every day. Coming back tomorrow, Bob Rose, Black and Gold, report, and much, much more. Until then, I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Be kind to one another, and let's be happy. We'll talk to you tomorrow here on the Jordy Helpert Show. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh is next.